0: Our scripture this morning we have two scriptures first from Deuteronomy 34 1 to 8 Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo the headland of Pisgah which faces Jericho and Yahweh showed him all the land Gilead as far as Dan all of Niptali and the land of Ephraim and Man- Manasseh and the land of Judah as far as the Western Sea the Negev and the stretch of valley of Jericho, the city of Palms and as far as Zor. Then Yahweh said to Moses, this is the land I swore to Sarah and Abraham, to Rebekah and Isaac, to Leah, Rachel and Jacob, that I would give to their descendants. I have let you feast your eyes upon it, but you will not cross over. So there in the land of Moab, Moses the servant of God died as Yahweh decreed, and he was buried in the valley opposite Bethpur, in the land of Moab, but to this day no one knows the exact burial place. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was strong and he was still quite vigorous. For 30 days the Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab until they had completed the period of grief and mourning. And from Psalm 90... Yahweh, you have been our refuge from one generation to the next. Before the mountains were born, you brought forth the earth and the world. You are God without beginning or end. You turn humankind back into dust and say, go back, creatures of the earth. For in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday, come and gone, no more than a watch in the night. You sweep us away like a dream, fleeting as the grass that springs up in the morning. In the morning it sprouts, but by evening it has withered and died. In the same way, we are consumed, terrified by your anger and indignation. Our guilt lies open before you. Our secrets are revealed in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your anger, and our life is over like a sigh. The span of our life is but 70 years, perhaps 80 if we're strong, but the best of them are nothing but sorrow and pain. They pass swiftly, and we are gone. Who understands the power of your anger? We fear the strength of your wrath. Make us realize how short life is, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Yahweh, relent. How long before you have mercy on your faithful servants? When morning comes, fill us with your love, and we will celebrate all our days. Give us joy for as many days as you afflicted us, for as many years as we know misfortune. Let your work be seen by your faithful, your glory be witnessed by their children. Let Yahweh's favor be upon us. Grant success to the work of our hands, success to the work of our hands.
1: It is quite the melodramatic scene. Moses, legendary prophet of Yahweh, the prince of Egypt, the conqueror of the Red Sea, the architect of the Ten Commandments, Once again, Moses goes up the mountain to the presence of God. This time it's different. Moses now shows the weight of his years. His people have gotten stuck. They've bogged down in their wilderness journey. His leadership is in question. He's at the end. This will be his last trip up the mountain of God. Again, Yahweh meets him. God shows him the land spread out before him, the promised land the land that was to be home. Moses had never really known a home. He was pulled from his family at a young age. He was raised by strangers. As a young adult, he was forced into exile by political violence. His greatest achievements came in leading people away from their home, away from the lives they knew into the unknown of the wilderness. Moses had lived with with that hope before him heading towards something. There's a place for you just around the corner. There's a land of promise and blessing with your name on it, but not just yet. And now here at the end of his life, Yahweh invites him up the mountain, shows him the land and gives him a taste of it. This is the land I swore to give to you. I've let you feast your eyes upon it, but you will not cross over. A life lived in hope, and trust, yet Moses dies with all of that unrealized, just a taste, just a glimpse of a home that would never quite be his. You might expect Moses to be bitter at God for keeping this promised land from him. You might expect shame at his own failures, grief over what might have been for his people. But instead, Moses says this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place through all generations. I should say that I'm taking a bit of creative license here with Moses' response. The official record of Deuteronomy, as Glade just read, doesn't say how Moses responded to God on the mountaintop. But this Psalm, Psalm 90, is traditionally given the title The Prayer of Moses, and the folks who choose the lectionary texts have put these two scriptures next to each other, so maybe I'm not totally off base to hold them together in conversation. So here's the end of the scene as I imagine it. God says, here Moses, here's this thing that you thought you always wanted, this thing you've been chasing. You can look at it, I'm sorry it's not going to work out like you wanted it to. And Moses responds, it's okay God, I've realized something here at the end of my life. All of this goes by so fast, all I wanted, everything I've been chasing, even this dream of a homeland. We humans are dust and dreams. It comes and then it goes, and that's okay. Because beyond all of that, there is something greater that holds all of that together. Lord, you have been, you are our dwelling place for all generations. I've been longing for home, but turns out I've been home all along. Or something like that. A little bit of scripture, a little bit of Wizard of Oz, maybe. On one level, Moses had spent his whole life working towards something that he never quite got. But on another level, what he was really after, he already had. What made the promised land special was the presence of God, shalom, the ancient Hebrews called it. Harmony, unity, wholeness, and justice, and peace, right relationship with God, with creation, with others. That was what the homeland was going to bring. But as Moses discovered, you don't need a homeland to have shalom. You can make shalom wherever you are because it's not about the land. It's not about success or stability or whatever else you're chasing. It's about what's happening on the level underneath all of that. It's about how all of that stuff is held together. And on that other level, what Moses named as holy ground, the very presence of Yahweh, that was always with him. That was where he lived from the very beginning. Like Moses, most of us humans long for home and for all that home represents, stability, security, resources for prosperity, physical and psychological and emotional and spiritual well-being. I'm not here this morning to tell you that the things that you're longing for on that level aren't important. The stuff that we spend our lives chasing, whether we understand it or not, that stuff matters. God didn't tell Moses that his search for a homeland was unnecessary or unimportant. Instead, somewhere along the line, Moses came to the realization himself that what he really needed, he already had. Oh Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. There's this level, and there's another level to our existence. There's all the stuff of our individual lives, and that matters. And when you zoom out, when you go down a level, when you go underneath, when you go within maybe, you can catch a glimpse of the bigger picture where you already have everything that you need. I call it meaning, purpose, and belonging. You might call it something else. Moses called it home. Jesus called it the realm of God. The mystery is that life happens on both levels. Both are real and true. We are fragile humans. We are limited by our psychological, physical, emotional, relational needs. We spend our lives trying to get those needs met, and that is okay, that is good, that is essential. And we exist on this larger whole, within this larger whole of the universe of creation. Creation that is somehow infinite and expansive from a scientific perspective. Creation that is sacred and eternal from a theological perspective a creation that is bound up and held together by the goodness of creator in that space underneath there is enough for all for everything is part of that larger whole even our needs and our belonging and our longings it's all here everything belongs sorry for being a little idealistic and existential this morning actually i'm not sorry Welcome to church, idealistic and existential is kind of our jam. Where is home for you? What spaces of meaning, purpose, and belonging are you chasing, working for, fighting for? That stuff matters. It's all part of the gift of life in creator's world. And yet that is not all that we are. All of our needs and longings are held together in the wider reality where you are part of this larger world For you already have everything that you need, for you are already home. With the psalmist, I pray, satisfy us, O God, with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. May God give us eyes to see.